edition of the Sports and Enthusiasm Podcast. I am your humble host, Bryce Benjamin, along with my guy, co-host of the year, Mr. Ed Reuter in the building. What's good, my dude? Wow, that's unbelievable. Week two of the NFL season, and I'm already co-host of the year? I mean, you know, 2020, baby. I didn't realize that I locked it up that early. So hey, hey. I knew I was a front runner. I had no idea I'd lock it up this soon. So you much know, appreciated. 2020 is a weird fans. year. So why not? <laughs> shortened uh, shortened uh, baseball season. <laughs> shortened season for co-host of the year awards. I, I like it, man. We're, we're good. Nominations, Ed Reuter. Boom, you win it. <laughs> I mean, I'm the only entrant in for that award, but I'll I'll take the accolades any way I can get them at this point. Hey, man, you're co-host of the year any year in my book. Let's go. And you yeah. win for you win for humblest host, the humblest of humble. Although I think my humble side um, as a Ravens fan is about to come to an end because it's it's we're 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 rolling. Um, week two, man, NFL season. Wow, uh, crazy, crazy. Cra- Injuries, like everybody, everybody was hurt. Like you, you go down the list of like every team and week two, almost every team lost a significant member of that, of, of that franchise. Uh, I don't think I ever seen no shit like this, Ritter, like ever in a whole, just like one weekend of football ever. You know, we know what it is this time. I think that we saw that a lot of the, a lot of really top name players got injured this time around. Um, I'm not sure that there were more injuries than usual it just seemed like everyone that did get hurt was an absolute stud um i mean you you go up and down the list as as we're about to do and uh man there were some there were some real first round fantasy draft type players that are going to be out for quite a period of time so it's gonna be tough tough sledding yeah that's a fact um i'm just looking at the list right now i mean obviously we can rattle off some names right here first of all for the giants saquon barkley done for the season torn acl it was crazy with him because i was watching uh, red zone and they showed him he got hurt initially and they thought he's like oh yeah he, he hyperextended his arm his elbow and he sat out for a play he came back in and then the very next play he goes and tears his acl i'm like golly I knew it was a problem when it, the the hit itself didn't look that bad. Sometimes, like the scariest injuries are like the non contact injuries and the injuries where they don't they don't look terrible. Uh, you know, obviously there's the injuries like the uh, the Willis McGahee and the the Alex Smith of the world where they're obviously really devastating as soon as they happen. But uh, you'll see a lot of times those Achilles or those ACL. Sometimes they're non contact and not much of a hit at all, but it it, it puts a guy out for a while. Uh, so we're looking at Christian McCaffrey. Now mm-hmm. for what at least uh, four to six they're saying, uh, you know that that that's a huge blow to any kind of chances that the Panthers had. Uh, that's tough. Uh, just uh, up and down. AJ Brown is going to be missing some time. Jimmy Garoppolo missing some time. Man, the 49ers just devastated. Nick Bosa, Jimmy Garoppolo, Mostert. Uh, they were already dealing with with injuries as it was to guys like Debo Samuel. So, uh, man, you got to feel got to feel bad for them. God doesn't like the Niners. <laughs> like, golly. Like, they literally lost their whole defensive line. Nick Bosa, Solomon Thomas, and D4. They're all hurt. Nick Bosa and Solomon Thomas are done for the season with ACLs. Wow. Uh, they're saying Ford is going to be out for about three to five weeks. Jimmy G, he's hurt. He's going to be out for possibly three to five weeks. Raheem Mostert, he hurt his knee in the game. We'll see what goes on with that one there. Tevin Campbell, he's gone. Like, that was 
I, I feel bad for Niners fans, bro. That yeah. was tough. That's and you want you want to know what's really sad about that game? They still wrecked the Jets, didn't they? Yeah, Ugh. the Jets. Oh man, J E T S sucks, sucks, sucks. That's after after that. Still a thirty-one thirteen trashing of of the Jets. Even after all those guys go down, uh, just a brutal mess out there in New York. But maybe we'll touch on that in, in a few. Uh, looking looking up and down these games, uh, are there any that really stand out to you that uh, are worth talking about here? What do you think? Hell yeah, the game of the week for me was um, Patriots versus Seahawks, man. Cam Newton versus Russell Wilson. And uh, this game holds holds some weight with, with me personally. Um, not personally, but this holds some weight just because everybody thought that Cam Newton was done. Um, We've seen how it ended in Carolina. He, he just kept getting hurt. And eventually Carolina decided to cut bait. And um, they signed Teddy Bridgewater to replace him. Cam Newton's uh, sat, sat on the free agent market for, for a while. And there's several teams that need a quarterbacks like the Chicago bears, uh, you know, new England who eventually picked him up um, Sandy or Los Angeles chargers. And then, you know, he had to sign a, a incentive latent deal with the, with the Patriots and um, man, killer cam is back, bro. Like that was a fucking showdown between those two. I'll tell you a couple of things that stood out to me in that game. First, first things first, I feel like when coaches go up against Belichick, they, they just seem to lose their mind and they, they have it in their brain that they just need to try to do something crazy to out coach Belichick. Yeah. I've seen that happen a lot. And in this case, Pete Carroll, you know, decides that as they're supposed to be winding the clock down, takes a deep shot on third and one. And unsurprisingly it fails, gives the Patriots an opportunity to start marching down the field. And man, what I saw on that drive from cam was incredible. Just zipping the ball down the field with some real, with some real mustard behind it. And uh, it was like the cam of old for a second. Um, I hadn't seen him throw that hard in probably two or three years. He looked really, really good. And, uh, but then, wow, what a stop at the goal line. Uh, last play of the game. And they, they come down, they chop cam's legs out from under him when he tries the QB draw and uh, the, the Seahawks hang on to win. But what a game, huh? Yeah, that was a hell of a game, bro. Um, from start to finish, honestly. And like you said, Cam, that man throws hard. Like, he was just he, – he, I tweeted. I was like, damn, man, Cam is throwing darts out here. And they, they're point like, – they pinpoint, like, on the money, like, right in the receiver's breadbasket. Uh, he had – Julian Edelman had a fucking career day with this dude. Career high, 179 yards receiving. <clears throat> I'll tell you what, my comments during the game to some friends as, as I was watching were that uh, I always thought Edelman was just a product of the system. And, you know, you watch him on all those little short passes with Brady for the last, you know, five or six years. And you think to yourself, this guy's nothing special. But I'll be damned if he's not just open all the time. He finds space in defenses. He finds spaces in the zone. He, he can kind of beat a linebacker in the slot man to man. He, he just somehow manages to create a nightmare for matchups and uh, – I don't know that I was giving this guy enough credit the last few years because he he looked uh, special out there. Yeah, he had a really good game, man. Shout out, shout out to uh, Bill Belichick coming up with the game plan for Cam. Like he that that power that that quarterback power sweep was literally unstoppable all the way up until the last play of the game. Where I mean, they kind of just they, they you know they they kind of just mailed it. Like you see it coming, and um, you thought they would kind of do a little deviation of it, but you know, I mean, it worked for two touchdowns for him. So why not go for it again? But um, but ultimately, and also I can't forget fucking Russell Wilson. The dude threw five touchdowns. 
like, the, the, he got a crazy stat right now where it's like, I think he got what, 11 incompletions and nine touchdowns? <laughs> like, what yeah. the fuck? Yeah, wild. And the, the last guy to throw that many touchdowns with the fewest incompletions, like in NFL history, was 17 incompletions. So, uh, Russ is just out there doing special things. It's unbelievable how much there really was to talk about uh, after this game, but just a, a lot of special performances and a lot of. A lot of great things, a lot of good things to look forward to, I think, for both teams, because I think the Patriots show that they are for real. And I think that uh, everyone kind of already was looking at Seattle as though they were for real. But I feel like by beating a a pretty good New England team led by a pretty good quarterback there, I think that they solidified that reputation. Yeah, the AFC East is not going to be as easy for Buffalo as uh, I think a lot of people was previously thinking. Um, Shout out to also DK Metcalf. He was torching. He, I mean, literally torching, uh, what's his name uh, on on the Patriots side, um, Gilmore. Gilmore, yeah, like he, he I, man, he he treated Gilmore like a kid, like that was bad. So shout I'll out to DK. You, what, it, it's tough though uh, with any any defensive back. The way Russell Wilson throws his deep ball, so it's, uh, it's so wait. beautiful. Yeah, and it just the way it drops out of the sky, yeah. it, it makes it a nightmare for any corner. I don't. The coverage was excellent. I mean, there's really nothing you could say. He he had him blanketed. Russ just, I mean, just dropped it in a bucket from 40 yards away. It's it's incredible. Yeah, he just manned him. Like, like I'm bigger than you. I'm stronger than you. I'm <laughs> getting this ball. There's nothing you can do about it. He was just manhandling him a couple of possessions. It got yeah, to man. Gilmore head, man. It really did. You could say it started, it started to mess with him. It was the first time I saw Stefan Gilmore react the way he did when he kind of grabbed him by the collar on the sideline, yes. threw him down, and the two teams got into it a little bit there. It was the first time. I think uh, I watched him here in Buffalo. I, I had never seen him lose his cool like that. So right. that was kind of interesting to watch. Uh, DK Metcalf definitely giving him fits out there. Yeah, man, that was an instant Sunday night classic, man. I enjoyed myself on that game. How about yourself, Ruder? Any game that kind of stuck out to you besides that one? Well, uh, you know, I might get to my game of the week in a minute, but I'll tell you that Cowboys and Falcons game, that one was certainly interesting. Uh, The Falcons, you know, for for all the credit that they want to give their coach for being a sneaky offensive genius, uh, Mr. Shanahan certainly – he seems to he seems to blow a lot of leads very easily. Uh, I think that's a testament to how poor their defense is played a lot of the time. But I also think that um, it's just I don't I don't know how you, you you see these guys that are just professional athletes on special teams that allow the ball to roll after being kicked only four yards on the onside kick just rolls and tumbles slowly for another six yards. The slowest onside kick in the history of football. Nobody jumps on it. Nobody touches it. They wait for it to go 10 and allow the Cowboys to recover. Uh, So I've been saying it for years that I don't know that Shanahan is the great coach that everybody makes him out to be. Uh, He blows leads like this all the time. This doesn't strike me as a great Cowboys team, especially defensively, but uh, what a finish there. To, to blow that lead and in the way that they did with that onside kick. And then my man Legatron comes in to finish it off. But uh, I think the Falcons show they've got some, some real problems might be time to, to rebuild there. Yeah. Um, and quick correction. That's Dan Quinn, the head coach, uh, Shanahan. I mean, Shanahan might. Oh, might, Shanahan. I'm so sorry. Yeah, Shanahan, I'm so sorry. Dan Quinn. Dan yeah, Quinn. Shanahan, right. Shanahan moved on to the Niners. Yes. Shanahan might've been poisoned too, because we've seen that same thing happen the same for thing. San Fran in the Super same, Bowl. You're absolutely it's, right. He, no, my got, apologies. I don't know why I said Shanahan. Yes. Dan Quinn. He got the Dan uh, Quinn poison pill, man. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's, it's something about that Atlanta and Dan Quinn and blowing leads when you have such yeah. a huge lead in a team. 
And in the fourth quarter, just say, fuck it. Let's just give it back. (laughs) Yeah. That onside kick was ridiculous, bro. Um, like, like I was, I was hearing, listening to different shows and, and YouTube videos and podcasts and everybody got different like reviews and mixed emotions about that whole situation. And I heard some people putting it on the players. I heard some people putting it on the coach. I was like, that is to me is a hundred percent a coaching issue. Um, how do your players not know what to do on an onside kick? Like they could have literally did anything. Like they could have, when this ball was kicked, they could have literally just punted it out of bounds and it's their ball and the game is over, but they just sit there and watch it roll. And then they go and jump, like wait for the Cowboys to jump on it. Like they wanted to lose that game. It looked like, and it was a hell of a hell of a performance by the Atlanta Falcons offense. Like Matt Ryan, four touchdowns, Calvin Ridley. He looks like a very, very good receiver, a very good young receiver. Um, but shout out to the Cowboys, man. They hung resilient um, after a couple of failed, what is it, uh, the fake punts. Uh, Mike McCarthy, he's it, Mike McCarthy is not a good head coach, bro. I'm sorry. It's just like the same shit that was going on in Green Bay that's going on in Dallas, man. But I mean, Dak Prescott balled his ass off, man. I love Prescott. He, he never wavered and uh, he kept his team in it. And ultimately, it got it done. I, I guess I, I guess I shouldn't have. Uh disparage the Cowboys too much there. I mean, they did put 40 points up on the board. The Falcons defense is not good. My apologies out there to fan of the show, uh, Kyle Shanahan, if he's out there listening. Uh, my apologies. <laughs> he, was, he was stuck in my head. I did mean Dan Quinn there. Uh, so thank you for the, for the fact checking on me. But uh, yeah, it seems like it's becoming the Falcons. Um, it's becoming a little bit of their identity uh, that you can come back on these guys, poor defense. And it's a shame because I think they're, they're wasting away the last couple good years that Matt Ryan has left with, I'll tell you, maybe the best receiving duo in the league with Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. Uh, th- those two boys can play. So uh, kind of sad for the Falcons. Uh, it's got the Cowboys fans thinking they're back in it, but. <laughs> that division is trash, bro. The it NFC, really the, the NFC East, like the Giants, they're done. Like no Saquon, uh, Danny Dimes. I, I tweeted on, uh, he probably doesn't deserve that nickname. I think, I think he was right about Danny Dimes. He, I mean, he's still young, so we'll see what happens, but, uh, I'm not sold. That offensive line is shitty. The Eagles are shitty. Like you, you get blown out at home to the, to the Rams and the Rams are a good team. Don't get me wrong, but like, come on, you got to make that more competitive. Carson Wentz looks like shit. Like he looks bad, bro. Yeah, he, he really does. He, he looks like, uh, He's, he's running scared, I think, is the problem. Uh, that offensive line, I think they gave up, what, like seven sacks to the Washington football team yeah. in week one. And uh, he's just running around for his life out there. Still some injuries, of course, because it's the Eagles. you know. So finally he got a nice game out of Miles Sanders. But, uh, yeah, just it's tough. It's tough when you're, you're running for your life out there. Uh, interesting matchup coming up. I'll tell you what, the Rams and the Bills – like the game of the week in week three. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about that. I was looking at some betting lines earlier, and uh, I think I might have to put some money on a parlay on that one. Um, also, real quick, uh, we wanted to show some hometown love to to the Buffalo Bills. And uh, Josh Allen, um, I got to give like respect where, where I got to give credit where credit is due. This, this dude is balling right now. Like over two weeks, he's leading the NFL in, in, t- in passing yards. Um, he has tossed what seven touchdowns so far, three last week and then four in this game. And, um, he's definitely took a jump from last year. Like this Josh Allen compared to last year's Josh Allen is two times, three times a better player. And 
I mean, Buffalo fans, you guys should definitely be excited because it looks like Josh Allen has uh, finally um, unmistakably proven that he's the number two quarterback out of that draft class. Yeah, I, I think it's it's very cool to watch uh, this guy find some success. Uh, I've always liked him personality wise. I think he's a great leader. He seems like a great kid. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes it seemed like, you know, Darnold's got a little little bit of weird in him. Uh, if you've ever seen him talk, uh, it's just, just, just not likable. Uh, there's something about him. I just, ugh. I mean, he's getting his brains battered in New York, man. Like, <laughs> that's why you see him ghosts all the time. Yeah. He strikes me as a strange guy. Allen just seemed cool right from the get go. Uh, so I'm really glad to see some success there. If you would have told me that then Allen and Diggs would have res- led the league respectively in, uh, passing yards and receiving yards. Uh, after two weeks, I would have thought you're crazy. It, it wouldn't be me if I didn't, you know, reserve judgment until after this week, though. In fairness, they did play the Jets and, and the Dolphins, uh, two teams who I think are going to struggle really big time this year. So I'm very excited to see what they do against a Rams team that's looked really good the first couple weeks. I think that's going to be a pretty cool showdown in, in week three. Yeah, I agree. That's going to be a really good game. I wish, like, fans were allowed. I wish, like, COVID wasn't a thing because – Ralph Wilson, or, well, there's a new era, Sid. They changed the name back to something different now, right? Um, Very much like the Washington football team that is now Bill's Stadium. Okay. Well, Bill's Stadium would be rocking for week three. That is correct. Yeah, that would have been popping right there. So, unfortunately, you guys got to rock at home. And um, we'll see. We're going to talk about that on our our Saturday Saturday morning episode when we do our lines, of course. Absolutely. Um, all right. And one, uh, two more games I wanted to touch on really, uh, first of all, the chiefs and chargers, uh, did you, you, I know you, obviously you had to hear about it by now, but the news on that game with Tyrod, how he was going to be the starter for that game. And then like literally last minute, like literally like the minute before kickoff, they're telling uh, Herbert that, yeah, you're going to be starting the game and Tyrod can't go. Yeah. And Sure enough, man, the kid, the rookie, he went in there and he went toe to toe with Patrick Mahomes. And dare I say, he pretty much outperformed Pat Mahomes all for about 55 minutes uh, of that football game. And, you know, Pat Mahomes has that Mahomes magic in the fourth quarter and obviously leads that comeback there. But I was very impressed by uh, Justin Herbert, man. He looked really poised in the pocket. He showed good command of the offense. Although on some plays, I was watching the highlights, you could tell that he was kind of fucking up. Um, like he was doing a play action. He went the wrong way to the running back. Uh, he had that that bad interception where he threw it across his body instead of running for the first down. But other than that, man, he looked really good. Yeah, for, for a first-year guy, he looked uh, really, really polished. Uh, he looked he looked a lot bigger than I thought. Uh, he looked like big but also had some quickness to him. He looked like more of an athlete, I'll say, than what I think I may have previously given him credit for, which was kind of cool to see. But um, – yeah, I mean, how much more can you expect out of a guy? 22 of 33, 311 yards and a touch against a pretty pretty darn good Chiefs team. Uh, I'll tell you, with, with him at the helm, it, it sounds as though uh, Coach, Coach Lynn is going to go back to Tyrod if, if, um, if he's good to go. So that's interesting. I don't know uh, why you would. Like, like, and I like Tyrod. Like, I, like, I like him a lot. But you just seen what your rookie quarterback was able to do against the defending world champs. Um, I think he pretty much earned to at least get another look as a starter next week. Yeah. I mean, I think the only thing might be is that the two I'd have to think have very different styles. Uh, although we looked athletic, I think Herbert's going to be much more of a strong pocket type passer, whereas Tyrod, uh, gives you some movement out to the edge. Um, but yeah, Herbert looked great. Uh, 
I think it's, it's, that's a tough division, man. It really is maybe the best division in football. Uh, I think the Broncos were another one of the teams. We didn't really mention them, but in our, in our opening about the injuries, but Drew Locke and Cortland Sutton are both out. They lost Von Miller before the season started. So that's a team that's decimated by injuries. Otherwise they'd be very tough. And you're looking at the the chiefs and chargers uh, who both look very good. And of course the Raiders who, uh, who played a great game against the saints. Uh, That's one of the games I wanted to speak to a little bit momentarily, but uh, I think the chiefs are going to be very, very good. Uh, moving forward. Uh, I think they're going to be very tough to stop. Their offense looks efficient and they're, they're they make it look easy out there a lot. Whereas, uh, you know, you see other teams, they, they might put up some points, but when the chiefs get into the zone, especially like you were talking about that fourth quarter, that, that that's a scary bunch right there. How about that kicker dude? He nailed three straight 50 plus yarders. He hit the 54 and that was nullified by a holding or false start. Then he hit a 58, but that was nullified by a timeout, and they hit another 58 for the game. Like, what the hell? Incredible. Absolutely incredible. I'm watching, and, you know, he hits the 53 penalty, hits the 58, but they ice the kicker, hits the next 58 for the win, and they carry him off the field. I mean, what what a moment there. Uh, just just really cool. Uh, you know, fun game. Really fun game to watch. Yeah, it was. If I'm being honest. It was, it was a cool game. It was. And the Chargers always play the Chiefs tough. <clears throat> so those games is always, <clears throat> excuse me, those games is always pretty tough to uh, predict. Um, and uh, yeah, man, we wanted to talk, wrap this, wrap up this segment here about the uh, the Saints and, and the Raiders, uh, Las Vegas Raiders, Raiders opening up their, their new stadium, which that, that stadium is dope, man. Like the, what they call it, the Death Star. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. really cool, isn't it? Yeah, that joint is dope. I, I got to see that in person. Um, hopefully, hopefully within the next five or so years, but that's going to be on my, on my football bucket list. Uh, but shout out to your boy, man, Derek Carr. He he was looking good. You called it. You definitely I called it. it. I've yeah. called it. Some of the guys that I called in the preseason, I called Jared Goff, and I called uh, I called Derek Carr. So uh, so far so good through two weeks. Uh, Derek Carr looks legit. I thought it might take him a little while to get a team around him. Uh, who I thought was just a standout in that game is Darren Waller. Um, Former Baltimore Raven, by the way. Is he a former Baltimore Raven? Former Baltimore Raven, baby. Oh, my God. Can you imagine Mark Andrews and Boyle and him out there? Oh, that would be incredible. Uh, What I said was that Waller looks like a wide receiver. He looks like a big wide receiver out there. He's fast. In the past, if I'm being completely honest, you know, I don't watch a lot of Raiders football, so I apologize, Raider Nation. But, um, man, he looked athletic and fast, and he just looked like he – was a man amongst boys out there. Uh, he, Waller, Waller looks like the real deal. He came into the league as a receiver. Um, yeah, he was a receiver coming out of college. And uh, when he was with us, he transitioned to tight end. And we made it, we had him on our practice squad. And then uh, I guess one season when we played the Raiders, they, they seen him practicing or whatever. And then uh, the Raiders after the game signed him from our practice squad to their active roster and then gave him a shot and he took it and ran with it. He had a couple of like drug issues. Um, I'm not sure like what, what his drug of choice was, but he cleaned that up. And now he's uh, I mean, shit, is he a top five, top 10 tight end in the, in the league right now? You can easily make that argument. That top five, man, looking at it, he might be top three. I mean, he's, he looked really good out there. I couldn't believe how athletic he looked. You know, a lot of times when you see highlights of tight ends, it's like, you know, they're catching that five yard touchdown. So it's hard to see how athletic they are. You know, I think of like a Kyle Rudolph's big ass catching like a four yard touchdown. You know what I mean? Yeah. But so I kind of thought that's the player that Waller was, 
but it was very cool to watch him over the course of a full game. Ended up with 12 catches, uh, just looked like one of the best players on the field. So that was cool to watch. Uh, and kind of, kind of sad, sad moment for me, bud. Uh, you know, one of my guys that I always really liked watching just looked like, uh, not the same anymore. Mr. Drew Brees just by not the same. Do you mean old? Uh, I mean, I mean, old and, and slow. And, uh, what a lot of people accused Brady of last year was, you know, not being able to throw that deep ball anymore. Right. Uh, not being able to push the ball downfield. I was a little nervous week one, uh, but the game script the game script for them week one went where they didn't really have to go all out and air it out. Uh, but he had trouble getting it to Michael Thomas. The one deep pass of the game to Kamara was from Taysom Hill, right on a flea flicker. Uh, so I was a little unnerved there, and I thought, okay, you know, week one, rat, shake it off. I thought to myself, some of these some of these old boys might need an extra extra week to knock off the rust, unlike some of the young guys running around. Uh, but yeah, he looks like. Oof, he's not the answer. Dude, I told you, he's done. Like, the, these, the, <clears throat> the Saints, the Buccaneers, like, these teams with 40-plus-year-old quarterbacks, if I'm if I'm in their division, if I'm the Falcons, if, if well, maybe not so much so the Panthers, but if I'm in that, in that conference, I don't fear these teams no more. Like, I was sitting there watching the game last night, and I'm wondering, like, why isn't Oakland just pressing everything? Because he can't push the ball down the field. Like, he can't push the ball down the field more than 20 yards. Otherwise, it's a floater. Like, it's up for grabs every time. And, like, that limits the Saints' offense so much. And albeit Michael Thomas isn't there, which also plays a hindrance on them because now Michael Thomas can't take a little five-yard pass and take it 25 yards. I mean, this is the Saints right now. Their offense is just it's, it's the perfect fantasy offense. They're going to throw a lot of completions that's short. They're going to have a lot of yak yards and things of that nature there. But it's going to take fucking – 13, 14 plays for them to score a touchdown. And Alvin Kamara looked awesome, but the man was, he, he had to be worn out after all the action that he was getting, man. Yeah. I'll tell you for a guy that likes to run deep routes, like an Emmanuel Sanders, who just, they couldn't push him the ball at all. I'm not even sure he finished with a catch. He had one catch uh, for 18 yards. Yeah. One, one catch, uh, not much happening there. And it just seemed like it reminded me almost of when, when Cam played hurt last year with that shoulder and couldn't push the ball downfield, that's just what Drew Brees' passes look like. Uh, he did. He just. He really did not look like the same guy. It was. It was definitely visibly different from the way he was for for most of his career. Check down machine, man. He's a check down machine at this point in his career, and it's sad to see because I he's think, such an awesome quarterback for a majority of his career. Now he's just a shell of himself. It, it seems like it may be. Uh, it may be. Now I'm seeing why the saints went out and got uh, Jameis Winston um, to kind of sit behind him. I, I wonder if they saw this coming at some point that uh, this guy's going to fall off this cliff. And uh, I'm telling you, this keeps up and with a pretty good saints D and a pretty nice team with Kamara and Thomas around them. I wonder if they turn to Winston at some point. I really do. I think this is Drew Brees' team. I, I mean, they might not make that move, but whew, this, this keeps up. You might hear some calls for it. Yeah, I agree 100. Um, I, I I said on uh, on Facebook yesterday, I would not be surprised if I think it'll be Taysom Hill. I think they'll give him the shot before Jameis does. You, you think so? Yeah, I think they'll give it to Taysom. I think they'll give him a shot, uh, the first crack at becoming the new starter for that team. And then um, I wouldn't be surprised if they make this change. Like if they if this continues and this offense is being this limited, like it's to the point, like you said, they got to run flea thickers to run a, a, a to throw a deep ball with Taysom Hill. Like it's ridiculous. But I would not be surprised if, like, the Saints, if they go and let's say they lose 
two out of the next three, I would not be surprised if they say, you know what, Drew, we had a great run, but we're going to go in a different direction to try to save our season. And uh, that might be the end of it. So we'll see, man. Yeah. We will see. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much all the games I wanted to touch on, really. Uh, shout out to my Baltimore Ravens. We handled our business against Houston. Looking, for, looking forward to the Monday nighter. Vikings are bad. Vikings are, are the Vikings. Right, let, let's play a game real quick, Ruder. Okay. Let's play a game real quick. This is right that's off the cuff. We didn't, we didn't even talk about this. Um, let's play. Who's going to be the first head coach to get fired? <laughs> oh, that's a fun game. Because right now there's a few teams like that are just so bad. And I don't know if these coaches are going to make it through the full season. So I, I got a couple of names on my list here. First of all, starting in uh, Detroit with, yeah. Mr., with Mr. Matt Patricia, who ever since he took over for Jim Caldwell, by the way, Jim Caldwell went, I believe, what, nine to seven his last season in, in Detroit before getting fired. And now Patricia gets brought in and he's been shitty. But <clears throat> nonetheless, um, I think he's on a hot list after getting blown out by Green Bay. I think that um, uh, Mike Zimmer might be on the hot list, even though the Vikings made the playoffs and have had success under him. I just feel like Kirk Cousins, like their marriage is, is he's just going to lead him into, into, uh, but not, not having a job. <laughs> uh, Adam Gase. I think he shit. He's got, he's got to be the bet in favor right now, but um, yeah, man, who, who are you putting your money on as the first head coach to get fired before the end of the season? Well, you see, you presented a question to me and then you named like 17 guys. So unfortunately one of mine was in there. I, I think the one for me that leaps off is Adam Gase. Uh, I just, I don't understand this guy. I remember him from Miami. I hated him. Uh, I never thought he was a good coach. He got this reputation as a quarterback whisperer, and I never saw it there. I never saw anything that was dynamic from him or different. Then he goes to the Jets, and he has that, starts off with that weird press conference where his, you know, his eyes are all bouncing around in his head. And uh, he just takes this Jets team. And I, like, you look at them, the roster composition up to down, and granted, they had some guys bow out due to COVID. They've had some early injuries, but it's just not a good roster anyway. And uh, I, I think he might be, he might be for me, the guy that's on the hot seat most. I mean, you look at some of the other teams that have struggled early on and you see that uh, they're kind of newer head coaches. Um, you know, the, the Bengals coach, uh, Zach, uh, help me out. Not, not my day for coaches. Uh, oh yeah. Zach, Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor. Thank you. Thank you. Uh you know, I think he, he's going to have some time. I think Joe Judge has some time with the Giants. Uh, my man Dan Quinn might be on the hot seat. Seriously. Uh, even though I, I, I didn't call his name out correctly earlier. Uh, that's another guy you might look at at this point at 0-2. Uh, might be a guy we see that uh, isn't long for this league. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I put my money on Gase. <clears throat> he just isn't a leader of men. Um, I haven't like this whole quarterback whisperer thing that he got, he got that from Peyton Man and just putting up monster numbers when he's in Denver for those first couple of years. Yeah. And they like Gates, like, like, Oh, Gates must have something to do with that. Like, no, it's fucking Peyton Manning. That's why there's fucking <laughs> falling like that. It was running a Peyton Man in office out of Gates offense. Um, so yeah, I think he's definitely on the hot seat. Dan Quinn, like all those players, like all those guys, I just mentioned Matt Patricia, but, um, yeah, I think safe money is definitely on Dan Quinn. Um, oh yeah, real quick, my bad. Shout out to Kyler Murray. That boy, he is fun to watch. It's this is I love it, man. He he is something special. He's like Russell Wilson and like Michael Vick just like had a baby. 
and like produce this little ball of fucking quarterback energy. He just goes out there and just makes plays, man. That was that was fun to watch his highlights. It really is. It really is. And I called it. I said this is the most interesting team in the league to me. If those guys come together, I said this is a team that's that that was my sleeper pick. My Cinderella pick early on was the Cardinals. So uh a couple of couple of good guesses that I had with uh with Kyler being as good as he was. Um but yeah he looks great. And they I'll tell you what they just they completely turned the reins of the offense over to him this year where I think they were a little bit more a little bit more hesitant to kind of hand the reins over. You saw towards the end of last year, they were handing the ball off a ton to Kenyon Drake. I feel as though now it's, it's really Kyler Murray's team. And with DeAndre Hopkins there, that's suddenly a really nasty duo and a really scary offense to play against. Yeah, that's a fact, man. That Hopkins, Kyler, uh, the Murray Hopkins connection is, is solid. And um, yeah, the Cardinals, they, they're a sneaky team that can win that division. And um, if they get into the playoffs, man, I don't want to play them. Like, I'm glad my team isn't in the FSC because that boy's something special. Like, he, he got that it factor about him, man. He just makes shit happen. And um, yeah, I think that's going to be a really, really good team down the stretch. And uh, hopefully they can make that division really interesting with the Seahawks there. Um, anything else you wanted to touch on, man? Uh, not exactly. I think we kind of hit on a lot of the things that were the takeaways for me for, for week two, you know, the Rams looking really good. My excitement moving forward into week three for that Buffalo and Rams game. Uh, I think we talked about some of the, some of the old men that don't quite look like themselves and some of the young cats that are coming out gunning. Uh, so that's, that's a lot of fun. I got to say next week, uh, I want to kind of preface it. It it looks like it's going to be a really, really exciting slate of games uh, Sunday night and Monday night. Uh, you've got Packers and Saints, who the Saints, despite that loss and despite all that trash we talked about, Drew Brees, I think that's still a very good team all in all. That game should be awesome. Looking forward to that. And then uh, the Chiefs and Ravens. Talk about game of the year preview coming up. Uh, I, I couldn't be more excited for, for next Monday night. That, real quick, that Packers-Saints game, um, the Packers, last time I looked at it, they're getting plus four and a half. I'm about to go bet the house on the Packers. I'm betting the fucking house. Wow, what are they getting? They're getting plus four and a half, bro. Plus four and a half points. After dropping back-to-back 40 bombs, they're getting four and a half points against this this Drew Brees and the Saints. And I get it. They're at home. The Saints are at home. It's Sunday night. Um, But after what I just seen... From this this Saints team yesterday, last night, yeah, um, give me the Packers all day. I, that's the that, I'm early, early, right off the bat. That's my lock of the week: Packers over Saints. Oof. Lock of the week. Book it. Go Oof. bet it right now. If you listen to this, go bet it. I'm telling you, this is a can't miss bet. Listen to me. Beat the odds with Bryce Benjamin. I love I'm trying it. Trying to tell you, I try to tell you about Minshew, man. I try to tell you about you my did. man Gardner. You he, did. He's good. He's he, that's money in the bank, man. I, I did a three team parlay with him. And uh, he came through for me. Um, the over under the over for the Falcons and Cowboys came through, and then my Baltimore Ravens came through. But um, yeah, man, trust me on this one. Packers, Saints, go and bet the house on Aaron Rodgers and the Packers because I think that game is going to might be a blowout, bro. Okay. I think the Packers are going to win, but I think they might blow them out. You think it's it's going to be like that? I don't think the Saints can keep up with the Packers. No, I don't think so. And that Saints defense, don't get me wrong, the Saints defense is pretty solid. I just watched Derek Carr carve them up for three touchdowns. I think Aaron Rodgers is is quite a bit better than Derek Carr. No disrespect, but um, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm betting the house on that one. All right, man, I love it. I th- I think it's uh 
I think it's that time. I think it's time to, to, to take us out. Do your thing, man. All right, man. If you listen to this podcast, we appreciate you so much. Make sure that you go and like our Facebook page, Sports Your Enthusiasm Podcast. Go and follow us on Twitter at SYEPod. Email us. Um, how did you guys feel about week two, the injuries? I know that kind of fucked up a lot of people's fantasy teams, man. So give us your thoughts and feedback on that. Sports Your Enthusiasm Podcast at gmail.com. Make sure that you are drinking water. Stay hydrated out there. Ruder, you got anything to ask, sir? No, other than to drink lots of water, stay hydrated, stay hyped. Uh, we've got some great things coming out for you this week. I don't want to ruin any surprises or anything like that, but we should be have a should have a great week of content for you. Uh, as always, we're going to have our, our Beat the Odds coming up later in the week, and uh, I'm looking forward to it already. So with that being said, thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Thank you.